Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows everything there is to know, except for things like Iron Maiden and their flights. I don't Mr. know anything about Nathaniel that. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I never claimed to. I never claimed to be an expert on Iron Maiden. Happy okay. Monday to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank I, you. I hear you had a busy weekend putting up fences, tearing down fences, visiting your brother and his foot, and uh, you've just been all over the map. You know me, I will travel anywhere to put up a wall. All right? <laughs> it's one of my main things. All That's right, so. exactly right. <laughs> tried, tried to do that. If over, you need a uh, fence, call Nate. Yep. If you need me to keep something out or in, either way, <laughs> I will be there to do it. All right, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week. And it was also a pretty busy news weekend. Your walls know no boundaries. (laughs) Your walls walls know no boundaries. Your walls have no borders. That sounds like it makes sense, (laughs) for sure. Okay, so the big news over the weekend, which we will be spending a lot of time talking about today, was the mass shooting that occurred in Buffalo over the weekend where 10 people that we know of were killed. Uh, several others shot. I believe 13 total were shot. And it was, in fact, a racially motivated mass shooting. This was a white supremacist dude, 18-year-old, that went out there to a supermarket in a predominantly black neighborhood and just shot as many people as he could until he was, of course, taken in peacefully by the police, which is what they do for white people. Yeah, so Wearing body armor. And all kinds of things. So this is um, spurring. We got a lot of different conversations on this because it's, of course, you got your normal social media stuff that takes place after something like this happens. Some kind of terrible tragedy. You can't let this kind of tragedy go to waste. This time, it's a little bit different. I will say the predominant narrative has not been that we need to ban guns and all that. But of course, that's part of the narrative. That's been out Definitely there. Definitely see your blue check marks on Twitter calling for it. For sure. But the main thing they've been calling for is censorship and calling out white supremacy and hatred and, of course, uh, all of that. So since this was a racially motivated uh, attack and it was done by a white person against black people, then this is the kind of this is the kind of thing that you need to talk about. Which I feel like is so evident, self-evident, but we just have to say this is wrong. Yeah, I, just I like hope the that's guy self-evident. in the New York subway mm-hmm. is wrong. It's both ways. Definitely wrong. There are not good people on either side. There is no good excuse for anything exactly. like this happening. Yeah, at, at all. All right. So from from CNN, let's just get the uh, headline here: Ten people killed in a racially motivated mass shooting at Buffalo supermarket. Eighteen-year-old suspect is in custody. So they were killed, uh, let's see, by a suspect in tactical gear who was live streaming the attack on Twitch. Law enforcement officials said during the news conference, the shooting occurred Saturday afternoon at a Topps friendly market store. The suspect in the shooting, (laughs) I was trying not to make that joke, (laughs) trying so hard. And I got so far, but in the end, it didn't matter because Charlie came in with a joke anyway. (laughs) The suspect in the shooting, a white male, is in custody, police said. 13 were shot in the attack, 10 have died. Of those, 11 were black and 2 were white of the people that were shot. 
Saturday's massacre in Buffalo is the largest high-profile mass shooting in which authorities have said the suspect was motivated by hate. Latest. Like, yeah, sorry. Latest high-profile. knew it wasn't the largest. Including attacks at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Emmanuel uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, and Pulse Nightclub in Orlando. So we gotta we got to bring all this stuff in here for sure. U.S. Department of Justice is investigating the mass shooting as a hate crime and an act of racially motivated violent extremism. So there's going to be some hate crime charges on top of this. And everyone knows what we think about hate crimes. The suspect drove to Buffalo to the Topps Market, heavily armed, wearing tactical gear, and had a camera where he was live streaming what he was doing. Supermarket security guard, a retired Buffalo police officer, fired multiple shots at the suspect. But the suspect's tactical gear protected him from the officer's shots. Experts consider easy access to guns a root cause of the violence. And open carry states lower the barrier for people to own and carry guns in public. It's definitely the issue. And that's definitely the root cause. Like when you boil all this all the way down, it starts with the ability to get guns. It's the fact that guns exist. There's nothing underneath that. Mm-mm really at all. Well, I want to take a quick break from all of this craziness to tell you who's not as stressed out about all the stuff going on in our country. And that's Mikkel Thorpe from expatmoney.com. We're going to tell you about the upcoming online summit from Mikkel Thorpe and expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. This is free to attend. You just go to expatmoneysummit.com. You reclaim your freedom from all this chaos and uncertainty. All right. So what they're going to be covering, how to secure your own plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals, where the best countries are in the world to find your freedom for yourself and your family, and how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries' borders. You will learn about a libertarian island haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, and food and energy-independent towns in Latin America. So go, once again, register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Listen, relationships take work. We all know that. And we all know that we would drop everything to go help someone that we care about. Just think, someone in your family or one of your friends is going through a tough time, you do anything to help them. But how often do you give yourself the same treatment? This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with yourself. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for that haircut, or even trying therapy, you are your greatest asset. So invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. Now, Charlie has been using BetterHelp for quite a long time. He has really enjoyed it. 
I've used it as well. And let me tell you, some of the most important moments of my life happened when I was talking to someone about what was going on. I still remember the things that I was told to this day. Just imagine if you could get that same thing and how much it would help. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Good Morning Liberty listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com GML. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Now, look, there are tens of millions of gun owners in the United States that would never commit an act like this. But so it has to be the guns. Mm -hmm. Can't be the motivations of this particular individual. We can't ever judge a situation by the individual situation. Well, we are actually most of it, as I was saying, a very small amount of gun control talk over the weekend. The rest of it has been about what this guy's actual motivations were. He well, was, even then, it's still groupthink. It's yeah, all yeah. white people. He was very upset about this thing, which we will be talking about here in a little bit, called, I've heard it several, but essentially the replacement theory or the great replacement theory or the white replacement theory, uh, this basic idea that there are these elites that are trying to essentially make white people the minority and so they can gain control over all the electric, they can get all of the what current minorities to vote for them, and then they'll be in control of everything, okay? This uh, crazy, uh, wild, fringe uh, conspiracy theory but is I, what I was motivating this guy. I agree with Magoo here, which says censorship, which funnels people into echo chambers has what caught is what is what has caused this. Yeah. He because says which, that, and you're also, you know, you're pulling people underground where they can have these conversations in more uh, secret rather than in the public debate where somebody could challenge someone like this and be like, Hey man, you really think this is the right way to go? I mean, have you considered this, but no, there, you can't get any other perspective because you're not allowed to put your ideas online even if they're terrible ideas, that's that's the thing about terrible ideas is they need to be in the public forum so they can be refuted, and you can make you can force people to reconsider other opinions. Now that again is may not stop people from evil acts, which this is what this is is completely uh, evil and motivated by uh, a terrible terrible decision. However, the ideas that this kid he's a kid eighteen's a kid in my view, um, the idea that this kid had, uh, was completely like Magoo said, it was completely echoed back to him in this chamber where he couldn't get any other dissenting opinions. That's the actual problem because there are tens of millions of white gun owners who would never shoot one black person for no reason, let alone a bunch Yeah, ever for any reason. Well, we've got politicians coming out, of course, and pinpointing what a lot of the problems are. Before we get to the great replacement theory, we've got some words here from Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, and also what Nancy Pelosi's plans are here in a second from a piece uh, from Reason. And then we'll get into what everyone is really talking about, which is the, the great replacement theory here, right. here in a bit. This from The Hill. 
Holchel is saying social media company CEOs must be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, she said on Sunday that CEOs of social media companies should be held accountable in cases where hate speech is not monitored online after a manifesto was posted by a suspected shooter who killed 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket the day before. The CEOs of the CEOs of those companies need to be held accountable and assure all of us that they're taking every step humanly possible to be able to monitor this information. How these depraved ideas are fermenting on social media, it's spreading like a virus now, Holchel told Stephanopoulos. 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 Mm -hmm. No fair. Yes. Um, The white supremacy manifesto, the white supremacy concepts of replacement theory, where they're concerned and now taking to the streets in places like Charlottesville and others motivated by this idea that immigrants and Jews and blacks are going to replace whites. Hochuladen, and that is spreading through social media platforms that need to be monitored and shut down the second these words are espoused. Now, was this all over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? And I'm sure it happens sometimes, but no, he actually said that he got all of his information from uh, 4chan and 8chan and Reddit is, is where he was. So they're going to have to be mon- really just shut those places down. But the problem is what you were just talking about earlier, which is it's not the fact that you're able to talk about these things. The problem is what's in people's hearts, what's in their minds. Are they able to actually logically process things? Even if you see something, a terrible idea from someone, when you see it, can you think, okay, well, that's an idea, but all right, well, what's the logical next step in this, in this idea? If I'm worried about being replaced, uh, if I'm worried about white people being replaced by other races or whatever, oh, you know what I'll do? I'm going to go... Uh, kill some people at a grocery store. Like you need to be able to actually logically process these ideas when you see them, because clearly that's not any kind of solution for people who take that as a really big threat to them. Like what what do you think you're doing? Like the January 6th riots that happened, even if you were upset about stuff, worst day, uh, worst day in in American history. We know. Yeah, we know that Uh, when that took Jan six, you know, you don't even need to say the full thing anymore. All it did was make things worse. You don't actually solve your perceived problem, whatever it is. People need to be able to talk about this. You need to be able to see that these are ideas that people have and you can address them. And as we'll talk about here in a minute, they found the main perpetrator of these ideas is Tucker Carlson on Fox News. That's um, that's going to be the main thing that everyone's really upset about. Uh, For sure. She continues on here, quote, any act of domestic terrorism, including an act perpetrated in the name of a repugnant white nationalist ideology, is antithetical to everything we stand for in America, Biden said. So that was Joe Biden. Quote, hate must have no safe harbor. We must do everything in our power to end hate-fueled domestic terrorism. Key words there, folks. So... All right. So, um, speaking of everything also, in there. Also, I just want to say it's like, this is obvious, right? No one, unless you're a psychopath, literally no one wants people to hate other people and go around killing a bunch of people. Yeah. That's, so how easy is it to come out and say like, we, we have to end this hate fueled domestic terrorism. How about if it's just hate fueled act? Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be domestic terrorism. I mean, 
It would be a lovely world if we could get rid of theft and robbery and murder and all these terrible things that humans do to other humans. That would be fantastic. There's nothing to me. There's nothing virtuous about saying things like that. Um, could you go ahead and do the, I, I spent a lot of time on the Washington post article earlier. So if you want to do the next reason article too, okay, that'd be cool. All right. So from reason, uh, the Buffalo shooting will prompt measures to combat domestic terrorism says Pelosi. Now we've talked, we've talked over and over and over and over and over again about how we set up these place. We set up these things in government that sound great to begin with, and then they'll use them against you later. Okay. Don't forget what Obama signed into law, which means that they can hold any American citizen now indefinitely against their will without charging them with a crime. As long as they're suspected of what terrorism, terrorism, All right, Buffalo shooting prompts promises of new domestic terror legislation. A horrific mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, is bringing out some of the people's worst political instincts. Uh, Gendron apparently wrote a manifesto, and it's rifle, and it's rifle with white, and it's rife, I'm sorry, and it's rife with white supremacist and anti-Semitic rhetoric, including heavy endorsement of the replacement theory. The idea guiding this conspiracy theory is that many kinds of social change are connected to a plot by a cabal of elites to eradicate the white race. As University of Chicago history professor Kathleen Belul described it to The New Yorker, quote, it connects things such as abortion, immigration, gay rights, feminism, residential integration. All of these are seen as part of a series of threats to the white birth rate. While many are, rem- which doesn't make sense, by the way, because I, I've got a video from MS- MSNBC that we're going to tackle that. Like the leading race for abortion is yeah. is black, by the way. Yeah. Um, In fact, you want to hear that video real quick now that sure. we're now yeah, that we're talking about we're on that. that. So let's play that. Let's play that real fast. So this is someone on uh, MSNBC, and they're going to connect the motivations of the shooter to also this fight to ban abortion. At the same time, that so people who want to ban abortion are also connected with this theory, this uh, replacement theory uh, that this guy you know was using to decide he was going to do this. So of course, of course, of course, they are. Can you talk to that? Yes, it's very much connected because underlying anti-abortion rhetoric and action is the idea that white women should be having more babies to build up the white nation. Uh, And so, as you just mentioned, the babies who are most desired for adoption by white people are white babies. And there's a long history of white male supremacist ideas that white women should not have abortions because we need more white children in America. And this is what this shooter was referring to by replacement theory, the fear that there are not enough white babies being born in America to replace uh, the population, the white population, and that it's dwindling. Uh, And therefore, we can see the connection between this white male supremacist idea of building up uh, the white population in opposition to non, you know, the growth of the non-white population in America and the idea that uh, white women should not be having abortions. All right. There's just there's there's a pretty big problem with that dumbass argument that this <laughs> lady is making right there. And that's that um, 
that's that of uh, white people make up about 25% of the abortions uh, every every year, maybe a little bit more, maybe about 30%. The rest of them are all of uh, people from other races. Yeah. So uh, that that idea don't float. It's yeah. Don't hunt. That boat don't hunt Mm-mm. at it all. Sure doesn't. Yeah. So the, the that yeah that type of argument doesn't make any sense when it comes to the replacement theory. Unless you were going to, unless the argument was that you should ban abortion for white people. Like if that's what you're going to do, white people can't have abortions anymore. Right. In fact, the main argument for people that are on the pro-choice side is that this is going to affect minorities more so than it would affect white people. Mm. And then you also get this, I guarantee it, MSNBC has got articles on on their front page right now talking about how this is some kind of racist thing, which still doesn't make sense because you're, you're, because you're, you're literally going to be, you're going to have more people of other races when you ban abortion because most of the abortions are of people who aren't white. It, it makes no sense. It doesn't make at any all. sense. Yeah. I think that was a perfect place to put that. There name. we go. So while many are remembering and mourning the victims of, uh, uh, is it, how do you pronounce this guy's name? I haven't actually heard his name said, but Gendron, I guess. Gendron's? Gendron's, Gendron. Gendron's assault. Some politicians and activists have been using the incident to score cheap political points in social media engagement. For instance, quote, in his manifesto, the white supremacist mass shooter reveals that he was motivated to do so by the white replacement theory that has been pushed by Trump. Retweet to expose Trump, tweeted the political action group occupied Democrats. That was the first tweet. It was actually one of several this. similar tweets from them. They are the most, I guess, crass grifting organization I've ever seen in my entire life. They do it worse than anyone. And it is huge. Yeah. It's crazy. It works, I guess. Yeah. Quote, if when a white supremacist commits a mass shooting or a constitutional right is taken away or an innocent black person is killed by a cop or a book is banned, you say, this is not who we are. Remember, this is exactly who the Republicans want us to be. Tweeted Mary Trump, a niece of the former president who has been critical of him. Quote, and third one here. This is, <laughs> yeah. Our family is praying for the victims and families of the shootings this weekend and the severe mental health crisis in America, tweeted Georgia Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene, before quickly adding that America, quote, should only be investing in our own people and our own problems. So she went with the mental health aspect of the, of the thing, which, mm-hmm. hey, I, as like, I would say, my wife says it a bunch. Well, anyone who she, we watch all these crime shows all the time and people will plead insanity or whatever it is. And she's like, I think it, everyone who decides to kill a bunch of people has got mental problems. You know, I, I don't think a person with a normal functioning, any type of, any type of normal functioning brain cells will decide to do that. Right. You know, I think there is something wrong, but it doesn't mean you got to say, oh, well, our problem is, is mental health. That is definitely part of it, but you can't address the the other part of the problem, which is this guy was a white supremacist. He, mm-hmm. you know, got his news from some literal, you know, Nazi websites and and wrote a 180 page manifesto and all kinds of stuff. I mean, that's that's clearly obvious. In Washington, some Democrats are used, and then he was able to hide, or he was forced to hide mm-hmm. his beliefs. 
In Washington, some Democrats are using the Buffalo shooting to push a counterterrorism agenda that they had previously been connecting to the Jan 6 riot. Notably, uh, Nancy Pelosi said Congress would, quote, consider additional measures to strengthen efforts to combat domestic terrorism. Now, just so you know, there are many domestic terrorist groups out there Mm -hmm. and people that are on the Southern Poverty Law Center list. Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't made the list yet, but mm-hmm. we, we want to try to do a lot of domestic terrorist groups out there. There's people like this. Uh, there's parents of school-aged children who don't like what the curriculum is at the public schools. Protesting at these school boards. Yeah, there's forcing. people who don't think that you should uh, be able to kill a baby 10 seconds before it comes out. You know, There's people so, who don't want to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people who think we should have lower taxes. Mm-hmm. A lot of different domestic terrorist groups out People there. People who believe in the Constitution. Mm. Now, those are the worst ones. Yeah. Quote, Pelosi offered no specifics, notes the New York Times, but in April, Democrats on the House Judiciary passed a bill that would create permanent offices within the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, and FBI to monitor, investigate, and prosecute cases of domestic terrorism. The proposal would also increase training of local police forces to detect, deter, and investigate homegrown terrorism. In a vacuum, none of that may sound too bad. But the Department of Homeland Security and other federal agencies have a long history of using terrorism, domestic or otherwise, to push heightened surveillance of activists, to justify mass spying on Americans, to increase censorship, and generally to serve as a reason to ignore civil liberties. And this is the warning with all of these things that we've been talking about that they will use against you. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security didn't exist until after 9-11, by the way, folks. Mm-hmm. And now this department not only is going to be monitoring truth and deciding what truth is, they will be arresting you as a domestic terrorist when you speak out against them. Because you're going to be the same. You're going to be the same as this white supremacist. You'll be the same person. Yeah. The ideas, especially if you like Trump, the ideas that we have are linked to uh, white supremacist theories and things like that. Even though we're completely against it. Because there were white supremacists who also like didn't like COVID lockdowns. They were very upset about that. So like the ideas that we espouse are linked to white supremacist ideology, Mm -hmm. of course. So yeah, you, it's like, you do the math. And they do and they link that up, just like Nate said. It's like mm-hmm. this guy hated black people, Jews, and other people that weren't white. He's thought about this white replacement theory and he didn't like to wear a mask mm-hmm. during the COVID lockdowns. Therefore, if you don't like to wear a mask, therefore you're you believe the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard he one time watched Fox News. You know? Yeah. So I heard he probably listened to Tucker Carlson, I bet. Man. So from the Washington Post and from basically everyone else in the elite media today, all the all the real big people out there, they're everyone's doing their best to link this. They've they've singled out Tucker Carlson and in this one even Laura Ingram. Now I think Tucker Carlson has some good points sometimes. I think he does a pretty good job. I also disagree with him on probably, I don't know, 70% of the stuff that he says, mm-hmm. at least, uh, I would say. Uh, so, can the. Especially the, if you watch his uh, Sunday special with Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Whew. Is it bad? Yeah. He's very much a. He's very much a um, I mean, I would consider Tucker Carlson more of like a centrist Democrat. Yeah. He used know? to be on MSNBC. Yeah. 
So conservative media is familiar with Buffalo suspects' alleged theory. It's alleged that, that it's a theory. Washington Post, this is from the WAPO, the suspect in Saturday's killing of 10 people wrote a document endorsing the Great Replacement Theory, a once fringe racist idea that became a popular refrain among media figures such as Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram on Fox News and conservative writer Ann Coulter. Before the shooting rampage that also left three wounded, the, the suspect allegedly posted a lengthy document invoking the idea that white Americans were at risk of being replaced by people of color because of immigration and higher birth rates. Gendron, who is white, allegedly indicated that he chose a neighborhood with a large, member of black large number of black residents for his alleged attack. In the document that Gendron is suspected to have written, he indicated that he was radicalized online. There's no indication that he watched Carlson's program. But we're going to link him to Carlson. Now, this is all going to be about Tucker Coulter. Carlson. Yeah. The theory was once confined to far-right white extremists. Far-right white extremists who cast immigration as part of a plot by elites to take political and economic power away from white people. It has gained broader circulation in recent years as a talking point among prominent conservative media figures. Now, that point right there with the immigration thing, I know that some people take it and they make it about white people. So what I will say is on this program here before, we have probably mentioned the conspiracy theory that there is an incentive to have as much immigration as possible and then to eventually have no voter ID, everything like everything like that, so you can get as many people voting for you as possible. I don't I've never looked at it as something that had to do with taking over white people. I just look at it as a way to for the political party that minorities are more likely to vote for, it'd be an incentive for them so they can gain more power and do whatever they want. That's the only way I've ever looked at it. I don't know that that's for sure taking place. I definitely see the incentive structure that could exist to create that, but yeah. I have no, I haven't seen a, a document saying here, this is what we're going to do. And it is technically true. If you just look at the math that the birth weights rates for white people among uh, people who are not white, mm -hmm. there's a big disparity there. Yeah. But that, but that doesn't mean that you have to be scared. Yeah, we're, I've got I've like, got some notes on that. Like here it's in a bit. just a simple math problem that eventually, like the the white, uh, if you are white, you'll be a minority in America. Just if you just do the math based on current birth rates and the birth rates for the last I don't know thirty or thirty or forty years, uh, white people are having the least amount of kids. Yeah, it's but, just true. But yeah, so what? That's, and who? That's the thing, though. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> like why? Why would you be worried about? Uh, be in minority because what we argue for here is individual liberty mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what color you are we want you to be free so who cares where you end up on the spectrum of what percentage of the population you end up being that has it does nothing to do with individual freedom your your percentage is whatever percentage of the population you as an individual are because the smallest minority on earth is the individual amen carlson whose weeknight program is typically the most popular on Fox News has been especially avid promoter of this thesis of the thesis. He's mentioned very variations on the idea in more than 400 episodes since 2016. Variations. Uh, yes, that is that is also <laughs> very important because he typically, from what I've seen, is not mentioning the oh they're trying to overtake white people 
or anything like that. He says, basically, Democrats are trying to get as many immigrants in here as possible so they can win all the elections in the future. You know, Mm -hmm. not really making it this white supremacist theory or anything, but whatever. In April of last year, he said on Fox News that people from the third world are immigrating to the United States to replace the current electorate and dilute the political power of the people who live here. Language that essentially distills the replacement thesis. Yes. Same, same. Basically the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. He was more explicit in a video posted on Fox News' YouTube account. Carlson said President Biden was encouraging immigration to change the racial mix of the country to reduce the political power of people whose ancestors lived here and dramatically increase the proportion of Americans newly arrived from the third world. White nationalists and racists have celebrated Carlson's endorsement of an idea they've championed for years. At the same time, his rhetoric prompted the anti-defamation league to call for his firing. So he was called out for promoting the theory in April 2021. Carlson's out on the show. Everyone wants to make a racial issue out of it. Oh, you know, the white replacement theory. No, this is a voting right question. They then go on to talk about uh, Laura Ingram. They talk about Janine Pirro uh, as well. And then they talk about Charlie Kirk, a conservative pundit who heads Turning Point USA and sometimes appears as a guest on Carlson's program. Uh, Connection right there. Defended Carlson's replacement theory advocacy last year. Uh, Let's see. Kirk said, nothing he said there is controversial, it's factual, and it's true. He later added that he was so proud of Carlson for promoting the theory. Now, so proud is in quotes, not so proud of Carlson for promoting the theory is in quotes. It's so proud of of Carlson. And I doubt Charlie Kirk called it a uh, replacement theory exactly. when he was talking about it. But, it. but anyway, and now Kirk did say there's an undeniable war on white people in the West undeniable war on white people in the West. So I want to talk about this idea. Don't forget the evil Matt Walsh. Oh, the Matt Walsh, the, mm-hmm. the Matt Walsh type people, they come out and uh, he said, so we're bringing in a flood of immigrants across the Southern border, non-white. We're putting policies in place with the express purpose of having fewer white people in universities and positions of power. And we're celebrating the reduction in the white population. I mean, it sounds like liberals want to replace white people. So this is replacement. Is it not? And you're happy about it, question mark. I don't know who he was talking to at that point. Okay, so I, once again, I think that this is a pretty predominant, predominant theory out there, this idea. And I don't think it's only the fault of people on the right that they think that this is something that's happening. I mean, I do remember a lot over the last couple of years and even longer than that, talking about the, demogra- the demographic changes in the electorate and how this was going to be a way for Democrats to win all of the elections uh, coming up. In fact, because I just said that, I had also pulled up articles that pointed directly to that from people from places like the Washington Post for this conversation. So that's not a crazy thing. Now, also over the last couple of years, we've talked about how terrible white people are, how they're you know just uh, everyone's a white supremacist, everyone is racist. Our entire country is systemically racist, of course. Uh, we've you've he- heard a lot of crazy things said, of course, on Twitter and by people on MSNBC over the last couple of years about what should be done about that. So is there ever a reason that people should be worried about that? Um, I think you could be scared of what those people would do if they were in power, like the people who just talk about how all, all white people are evil and even some who will go even further and call for violence, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, if it turns out, you know, and of course, I don't know the whole situation in South Africa, but if it turns out, look, 
what I care about are individuals. Okay. It doesn't matter what race you are. Okay. But if it turns out that individuals who happen to be white are grouped together simply because of the fact that they're white and then they have their liberties violated, then yes, I will be just as upset as I am of any person having their liberties violated when they are grouped together, for instance. Like, I mean, you know, we spoke out during the BLM protests, not only about the BL, like the, the protests gone awry, right? We also spoke out about, you know, racial profiling and other things that happen to groups of people simply because they're a certain color or they do a certain thing. Um, all of that is wrong. It's all wrong. We make individual judgment judgments on individual situations. And when you have, you know, cops that kill people because they're a certain race, or if it happens because maybe that person was charging the cop or something like that, you judge each individual situation as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would have done, which is the content of their character and who they are as a person doesn't matter what color they are. And I don't know the whole situation in South Africa, but I think it's pretty bad when you have, um, a, let's say a group take over the government and then choose and then decide that they can commit genocide against another group, mm -hmm. regardless of, of the race. And so, I mean, could you say that there's a legitimate fear in that kind of thing happening? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I, I guess I could, I guess I could see where people could think those types of things. Um, but at the same time, we shouldn't be arguing for any type of, um, we shouldn't be arguing for anything other than individual rights. Yes, I agree. Um, I've got some notes on this, on some of my, some of my thoughts on this, but I wanted to, so this is from the Washington post. I found this today. This is from 2017 after the election, after Trump came into office uh, they said it wasn't supposed to be this way. Instead of holding a record low number of elected offices at the federal, state, and local levels, Democrats were supposed to have unshakable majorities. Instead of relying on a handful of blue wall states in the upper Midwest to preserve Democrats' electoral college advantage, the party was supposed to expand into territory once held by Republicans. Among Democrats, it became common wisdom that a rising American electorate of non-white voters, millennials, and single women would mean long-term Democratic majorities. Once again, from the Washington Post in 2017. Look at that. The, go back one. When they said, it became wisdom that a rising American electorate of non-white vo voters, millennials, and single women. Yeah. Meaning they've set up policies, by the way. To bring these people into their voting base. Yeah, it, that, that is true. And I, and I think there's been a pretty widely circulated strategy, an actual strategy that I believe Obama was, uh, was running under or was using that you would basically cobble together all these different groups of people who were minorities, whether they be LGBTQ plus IA uh, people or whether they were black or Hispanic or whatever the case may be, that eventually you get enough of those uh, minority segregated groups and you get all of them together and you would control all of them and you would have more than whatever the predominant power was on the other side. Let's just say white men, you know. Uh, continuing on here, why did changing demographics not lead to electoral destiny for Democrats? 
Our report out this month provides several answers, starting with the fact that demographic change isn't evenly dispersed. In our system of place-based government, unless millennials move to the rural South or the growing Latino population settles in equal measure across the Rust Belt, demography will take a long time. So this is just one really quick example that, uh, that I found today. Listen, this mm. has been a widely held idea by people on the left that they would control these certain demographics and they would be able to win all the elections. I'm not saying that it has to do with taking over white people and get rid of white people's dominance or anything like that. I just think it has to do with power for a certain group of people, mainly political people that are in office, predominantly on the left. Whatever whatever the case may be with their with their racial demographics. We, when you have when you have a party trying to win elections, that's their only goal. Yeah. And they're and they'll use whatever strategy they can to win election. That's literally their only goal. So I put in here, it is true that the left has pushed the idea that as the demographic change, the voting demographic changes, they will win more elections. We have seen this plenty. That's not a fringe conspiracy theory. Except for Trump. Yes. That's, and that's what this article was actually mm, addressing, yes. was why didn't this happen? This was supposed to happen. Because a large section of the Latino and Latina population uh, and moved. Latin Latinx. I'm not going to say that. They don't want me to say, to say the two different. You know, I'm going to say, say the two different ones because they yeah. like the romantic language. <laughs> and I, uh, so that a large section of that population voted for Trump, which so, wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, so I also put in here, we don't know, since what we just talked about is true, we don't know that that's the underlying reason for the people on the left and their immigration stance. We can theorize that that is an underlying reason for why they would want to do that. And the incentive system kind of suggests that that would be an underlying. Listen, what are we supposed to say instead? Oh, everyone who's in political office on the Democratic side, there's a bunch of perfect, virtuous angels who just want to win on the basis of whatever their uh, common characteristics are of the individuals that are running for office. That's all they care about. What are we supposed to surmise from their... Based on what evidence? What are we supposed to surmise from their stated goals? (laughs) So, going further with that, even if that is the underlying reason for pushing for more immigration, there's absolutely no reason for any violence. That needs to be obvious. And even if you tried to rationalize it like this shooter did, that's not even a winning strategy. Like if you were to talk and you were on the side of that shooter and you wanted to do something about this, Mm -hmm. this is not anything that's going to... In fact, whatever the the perceived problem is, this would just make it worse. So for all you crazy white supremacists out there who have some psychological problems just know this this ain't the way to get it done either Mm. it would just make it worse in the first place all right so now i know you guys will talk about the tree of liberty has to be watered with the blood of patriots from time to time yeah but there is a i have to be careful with what i say here there's a process for that meaning there should be something similar to the Declaration of Independence trying to um, trying to offer solutions and negotiations from a, um, how, what do you call it when you send an ambassador, let's say. Um, not uh, not uh, when you negotiate, what is the term called? I know, I'm just thinking of the really funny thing I want to say after you get done, so <laughs> I really wasn't listening. Um I, whatever the political term is, I can't think of it. The, when you go to negotiate um, without war, 
Um, emissary is not what I'm thinking of. Diplomatic. A diplomat? Di- di- well, a diplomatic approach. Mm. You try that first. Um, and then if those things aren't met, then it's possible if, if they send troops to make you comply with certain things, and you're like, no, we're not going to comply. And that's how that that's how it goes. So just to be clear, what Charlie's saying is all the white supremacists that are listening out there, if you need political strategy ideas, you need to go to Charlie for those Jesus ideas. Jesus Christ. Because he's actually got a winning strategy for <laughs> for your goals and your ambitions. I think you're taking this a little too far. So you're taking the jokes a little too far, Nate. <laughs> that's all I was trying to come up with the whole time you were talking. I didn't hear a word you said. Okay, so that's not what I'm talking about. The next thing is, all right, let's say that. Let's say to us whiteies over here that we're going to be in the minority in the country. And I, I think that's going to happen. I think you look at the projections. I think that's going to happen. Whatever. So if, if there were any fear that you felt as someone who is in the majority and you're going to end up being like Maurice pretty soon, you know, something like that. What is it? What is the fear? What are you actually afraid of? You're afraid of the power of the state because what you're afraid of is what other people might do to you when they have all of the political power. Mm. And that's it. To me, that is the only thing I can come up with is what is it that you're actually afraid of? You're afraid of getting retribution for things that happened 100, 200, 300 years ago because of the color of your skin. And you're worried that people are going to end up using that power to do something to you in your life. Mm-hmm. And so if you actually wanted to address the perceived problem, as in most scenarios that we talk about, the problem, the underlying problem, is the power of the government and what we allow them to do. Mm-hmm. Because without that government power that people will be able to grab the reins of, without that government gun that they're going to be able to grab a hold of, once all you whiteys are in the minority, you wouldn't be worried about anything. Because who cares? And this is why we talk about what we talk about yes, every single day. Because it solves almost every single freaking problem. It solves all the problems for every individual, right? And Co- so Costco said he would be afraid of the gringos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so. and so once again, what is if, if this guy was worried about that, and if all these other shooters that they name out were worried about that, and that was their fear, was what's going to happen to the white people once they're in the minority? Their fear stems from the power that the government has over people in our society. And so who's at fault? It's the people in the government. And if you want to go further than that, it's people who vote for the government so they can feel safer, so they allow the government to have more power, so they can feel safer on one aspect, like like uh, creating a Department of Homeland Security. That way the Arabs don't come and kill you anymore. Okay? And then turns out, guess what? You're a domestic terrorist. And yep. you lose all your civil liberties as well. So there's your problem. Because it's okay when your guy's the king. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. But you don't think about the unintended consequences of these types of things. Like, okay, yeah, you got to feel safe. But what about your children or your children's children? When you, uh, let's see, I'm always reminded of the Patriot. <laughs> it's the when, Patriot or Braveheart every it time. Is. At the beginning of the movie when he says <laughs> that he has long feared that his sins would return to visit him. Mm-hmm. And so when you, uh, when you fear that, that, that like as Nate said, what you actually fear is the power structure that you set up. Mm-hmm. You advocated for it. So you were behind it. So stop. 
Yes. Stop setting it up. Everyone, if you want to decrease all of these fears, whether you're a majority or minority or whatever, you're afraid of the power of the state. You're afraid of what people can do to you when they control the power of the state. So take that away. Get it out. Get it out of there. Then we're just a bunch of individuals. Also, amen. Slightly important in this conversation about um, the motives of this shooter. By the way, Charlie, this next paragraph, which was not mentioned by the Washington Post or in that CNN article or anything like that, this does seem to be confirmed because I found it through several different news sites and also the pictures of the guy's gun because he was live streaming. Um, the, the shooter had a name of one of the Waukesha Christmas Parade victims written on his rifle. Mm. And... And so, anyway, by the way, that's, uh, that was a piece uh, from Yahoo News. And here on the rifle, just have the picture of it right here. It's kind of tough to read, but it says Virginia something. And then there was also another picture of the rifle where there was uh, a lot of other names written on it as well. As well as other bad words, stuff like that, things that only um, Joe Rogan can say. And, and so just a lot of, a lot of terrible stuff. So there could have also been another, this could have been a retaliation for the retaliation for the retaliation, just like we get into with our foreign policy all the time. Yep. And we talk about how that's all that's bad. And, and by the way, Waukesha has been trending a bunch partially because of this and also because of the response to this whole thing, which is clearly that this was a white supremacist who went out there specifically to kill black people. That is the case. But then what did you get from the media when it came to the Waukesha parade thing where 62 people were mowed down with a car, six people died, um, a, an SUV ran into the crowd. And in fact, to let me know why Waukesha was so popular on Twitter this weekend, Twitter did their great explanation that they normally do. This was their exp explanation this morning. Waukesha, trending 79,000 tweets, a 2021 attack in Waukesha, Wisconsin, in which a car drove through a Christmas parade is discussed in light of fatal shootings over the weekend. A car. A car drove through. It drove, it's, it must have been one of those Teslas, that mm -hmm. auto pilot. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Musk yeah. will be um, sued for that pretty soon. And see, this that, that is an interesting perspective on the narrative from the media. Mm -hmm. like they're, they're absolutely correct in this one. But why was it not the same in, in the one before? And I'm not saying that this gives that this shooter any right. Of course not. It doesn't whatsoever. But I think you have to report on both of them similarly, right? Or it leads to more of this. Yeah. Right? Because now this guy's not only mad that Waukesha happened, but that it wasn't reported on correctly and swept under the rug. And it just gave him more motivation. Perhaps this was the tipping point even. For him to carry out his manifesto. Perhaps the media bias were, was the tipping point. I'm not saying it was. I'm not blaming the media. It's this guy's fault that he went and did this stupid stuff, okay? MSNBC has blood on his hands. It, it clearly does, yeah. man. All right, y'all. I got to get out of here. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please hit that subscribe button. Smash it if you want to. It's a little plus sign in the top right-hand corner of your favorite podcasting app. Just make sure you follow along. Share the show with a family member, a friend and the children and if you do all those things we'll be back again tomorrow hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty